Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Welcome to the Women in Tech Weekly Remix episode. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. To connect and collaborate with extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. This is Lex Euler, founder and CEO of PT Pay. We help make the patient experience better when paying medical bills. I am based in Los Angeles. Well, so I never got the bill. The bill, the way I found out about the bill is yeah. I got an alert in Credit Karma that said I had a $144 bill um, go to collections. And I knew it was a medical bill because it was like, you know, metric health collections or something. So I called those people and those people were like, oh, we don't own this bill. It hasn't been processed. Like, you know, someone will reach out to you. They asked me for an account number and a a pin number. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what bill this is. They were like, someone will reach out to you. They never did. And by the time I checked it again, it was owned by a different collection agency. I called them. Same story. They gave me the phone number to who they had sold it to. I called those people. And then eventually I ended up back on the phone with the first person I talked to. And they were like, we'll submit it for a courtesy removal. Clearly you tried. But it goes into healthcare companies legally aren't allowed to give very much PHI to collection agencies. So that collection agency can't actually tell you what that bill is for. Right. Or where it originated. Yeah. And there's so there's just a lot of like logistical reasons that no one could tell me where this bill was. The frustrating thing is that they also wouldn't let me pay it. Like I had my card in my hand, like I'll give you $144. I remember the last phone call I was on when the guy finally like just removed it from my credit report. He was like, well, did you try? And I was like, listen, I've tried everything. I would have paid every person I talked to today, $144, each of them. I would give you all $144 if you would just make this go away. And he was like, I literally don't have a way to accept your payment. We don't own this bill, but clearly you've tried. So I will just submit it for a courtesy removal. Um, And then I tweeted about that experience because I am addicted to Twitter and live on Twitter and it blew up. And within two weeks, I had, you know, a bunch of phone calls with investors, healthcare CEOs that just all came through Twitter. I incorporated pretty quickly after that. And then I raised a couple million dollars over my Christmas break. 
And then what? I quit. And then I quit my job in January. <laughs> what? There's so much more to talk about. But before we get into all of that juicy stuff to talk about, so are you saying your technology helps so that nobody ever has to have this like mysterious one? Like walk us through, you know, yeah. in an auditory way, like how can we visualize this not happening to us? How do, how do yeah. you intercept? Yeah. So right now, 94% of medical bills are still sent using paper bills, which is the root of the problem. And the majority of medical bills that end up in collections are under $200. So it's not that people can't afford to pay them. It's that they don't know that they exist. It's the leading reason people report not paying medical bills. $200,000 medical bill from a hospital stay is like a completely different problem that we're not touching here. But so what we do is we integrate with medical providers. And instead of them sending you a paper bill, we send a text message and an email on behalf of the doctor, you're able to see an itemized bill. So you can see exactly what you're paying for. Um, There's a pretty intense lack of transparency in medical bills and they're not super human friendly. So giving you an itemized bill, you can see what it's for. And then you don't have to download an app. You don't have to create an account. Um, You just have to verify your information to view the itemized bill or if you want to set up a payment plan, but you go in, you can pay with Apple Pay, PayPal, Google Pay, or type in your card number and you can either pay in full or we automate payment plans on behalf of medical providers. Most medical providers are happy to offer payment plans. They just don't have a way to automate that process to auto bill you every month. And they don't want the administrative overhead of having to call every month to get your card number and rebill you and let you know they're going to. So we automate that. We send out a text message ahead of time that says, Hey, your card will be charged again tomorrow for, you know, whatever your third payment. And, uh, we also, integrate with a lending buy now pay later option for healthcare. So if someone actually needs like additional time on top of that, or if the provider needs paid out in full, that's also available to them. And then we report positively to credit bureaus to help improve your credit score. Hi, this is Lauren Wong, founder and CEO of The Flex Company. We're creating more comfortable periods for everyone. We're based in Los Angeles. Well, what I did was I kind of split off the team and I had two people go and work on the launch of Flex. And then I worked on trying to figure out how to make that business profitable. And when we looked at the numbers, we saw that there were certain retail contracts that were driving down the price of the product. And I can't name who they are, but they're driving down the price of the product, but they were the biggest source of top line revenue. And so it was counterintuitive to say, let's cut off the biggest source of top line revenue so that we can normalize pricing across all over all the other channels. And I'm not going to increase pricing of what I charge retailers, but retailers aren't going to get angry that they see this other retailer undercutting prices. And so we cut off our biggest source of revenue. And what we saw was all the demand, all the customers that shopped at that retailer start shopping at all the other retailers. Oh. And all the other retailers are really happy with me. because they're like, oh, like this, this is actually working really well now. The other retailer we broke up with was not very happy with me, but we're we're on great terms now. (laughs) And I kind of just set that business on autopilot because it's a product that people have loved. They've used for 20 plus years. And it was important to me that we continued having more options instead of few options for period care products. But to your, I think, bigger point, like it was extremely controversial. Like almost every investor thought I should just kill that business. Almost every investor thought I shouldn't be messing with retail. Flex was sold direct to consumer as a subscription at the time. And it goes back to the mission of like wanting to have more options for more people. Yeah. And we are actually able to like 
use everything that we learned by by working with those retailers to eventually put flex in retail. Now we sell flex in 25,000 retail doors. Wow. So it it ended up becoming like a double asset, not just from manufacturing, but from distribution. I mean, that's incredible. So staying on the topic of business, I'm curious. I mean, you've had so many kind of things that you've had to navigate through in your career. What has been one of the biggest obstacles you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? Self-doubt, like hands down self-doubt. Like I said, I started working in a big corporate world at a very young age and I got lots of feedback um, from men and from women that sometimes was definitely warranted. And I, and I have, I subscribed to having a growth mindset. And so I really appreciate and love feedback and I've grown a lot from it, but looking back, some of the feedback was really unfair. Like somebody once told me that he didn't like my voice that I talk like a Valley girl. And I realized I'm like, I'm the youngest person who works here by, by, by like 10 years. Um, this wasn't at IBM. It was at a different company. And I, but it's like those types of like microaggressions build up over time and it really makes you doubt yourself. And when I quit my job to start flex, I had multiple people call me and say, you can't do this. You've never even been a CMO. How are you going to be a CEO? Like you still have so much to learn. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I do still have so much to learn, but I got to follow my heart and I just need to get out there and do it. And, but I find over and over again, especially with women that I talk to, and it's not exclusive to women, but a lot of women that I talk to are like, well, I have this idea, but I just need to, I just need to blank. Right. Or sometimes I've talked to people that are like, well, I always wanted to, but I can't because I don't have, you know, and I, I really truly believe that if we had more women telling other women, like, yes, you absolutely can. And like, maybe you fail, but at least you try. That is like, we need more women telling other women that. So that's what I want to tell every woman that wants to start a business, like get out there and do it. There's more female, small business owners than male business owners. So like, just go girl, do it. I'm Tatiana Mulry, general partner and co-founder of Steamwork Ventures, a series C to series A investment firm, and we're based in Los Angeles. The name Steamwork really came out of this realization that there were a lot of amazing companies in the in the STEAM subjects, right? Science, technology, engineering, arts, math. And that's where a lot of the jobs are going to come from. And so I noticed in my own community that we were overeducating our youth and sending them off to college to get these fancy degrees. And they were coming home to the community and they were not finding those kinds of jobs. And I was like, this is a big disconnect, even in a small community of, you know, our city is about 300,000 people. We're creating this brain drain. So what's going on? Like, how can we actually stimulate the economy and have the right jobs waiting for people when they come back from school? And so I just said on this path to try to create that kind of opportunity in my community. I opened a co-working space that was originally called Steamworks Center. You know, due to some construction problems, I ended up closing it, but it wasn't a, a magnificent, you know, time to really bond and find all of these amazing entrepreneurs who are doing cool things. They still were struggling to raise because they weren't in San Francisco. They didn't have the connections. Maybe like LA is maturing as a, a venture community but it still takes time to create those relationships. And that's time that entrepreneurs don't have. They can't be driving five hours in every direction to go to different events and still build their companies. And so 
you know, I have been involved in deeply in uh, different parts of our community. I've been involved in social venture partners with nonprofit pitch competitions here in LA, which were absolutely phenomenal. I love that. Then I also got involved with Founders Boost LA, which was previously called Startup Boost LA and kind of came out of the Startup Next spinoff from Techstars. And I've been mentoring startups for many, many years. Um, Now I've been running that program for two years as co-director. And so I was seeing these phenomenal companies from uh, with underrepresented founders, about 80 to 100 percent of our founders are from underrepresented backgrounds on some dimension. And they were coming out of these programs, getting into tech stars, getting into all kinds of great accelerators, getting starting to raise, but still feeling like there was some structural issues in the L.A. market. I wanted to personally be able to be involved in helping them get that cat that capital that they needed because I had all these really deep relationships with them. I felt like I could help them better if I had more access to capital on their behalf. And so that's where the venture uh, firm was started. I found a couple partners who are equally passionate about this and with, with amazing backgrounds. I would say I'm more of like the CMO type and product person. I have a CFO type with um, great exits and he like knows how to navigate companies to exit and private equity. And um, I worked on the MasterCard IPO. My other partner is more of a operations guy with a deep uh, background in investment firms. And so we just had these phenomenal contacts and the three of us were like the three legs of a stool to help founders with the, you know, the foundation elements of getting their company off the ground. And we were just like, this is it. This is the perfect team. Let's go do this. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.